Yo, it's a stupidly small podcast, Monday, the 24th of August 2015. I'm Stuart James Farrell and you are... Laura Jean Clark, how are you? Alright, how are you? Good to be back. Very, very good to be back. Uh, Lovely weekend. For those who are not partaking in Time Shift Radio at the same time or space as we are... Yeah. Let it be known that today's show possibly benefits from the zing and sparkle of a weekend which really kind of promised spring, didn't it? It promised spring. I wonder if people can hear my suntan. I mean, really, we were out. (laughs) It was beautiful. Yeah, it was just stunned. It was so nice. Anyway, it's good that... Good frisbee weather. I can't believe I didn't make you throw frisbee with me. Uh, I was working yeah. a lot. Still. And, uh, so was I. Um, Stuart Farrell, <laughs> yeah. did you do anything worthy of reportage? Oh, I discovered a new restaurant that I went to that was nice. Are you in your little resty ronts? Yeah. And do you want to boast about it? Or? <laughs> no. Well, actually, it was, it was lovely because uh, some friends uh, took us out for dinner. Yeah. So they shouted. Yeah. Um, which is very nice, yeah. which uh, involved uh, scallops and steaks nice. and uh, terrines like and those friends. various wines and <laughs> pudding. Oh. And uh, I ran into the guy who owned the restaurant. I only found out a couple of hours before we attended it that he'd just taken it over and I actually sort of knew him. Oh. So that was nice. I saw him and he came out from the kitchen. He's only had the business for five weeks. Oh. And uh, we had a long what chat. What an exciting... Yeah. This, is, this is all ticking all your boxes. Well, it's pretty boring, really, but it was great. It was Do you good. know what I did? I actually okay. caught up with somebody who I haven't seen for... I wonder how long she'd know. Or oh, three years, maybe. Reunion. Yeah, it was one of those Something weekends, like in fact. That. I saw about three or four different people that I hadn't seen in a long time. Yeah, I think I did too, actually. Because winter Because people broken. are out and about. Yeah. I know. It's they so get good. out of the cave. Oh, like at the bear. So true. Yeah. We're all bears. But did cavemen... No, I was actually... I was going to ask you. No. Did cavemen live in caves? <laughs> Were you really? <laughs> and as I said. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Monday. It's officially worth getting out of bed now. Uh, because we're the Peruvian mountains. <laughs> what are you talking about? Did cavemen live in caves? I know. Okay. Because um, I was going to the bed and I go, oh, what if cavemen. Uh... <laughs> It's pretty cute. Stupid. Um, Is it, it? Does it make you stupid mm. if you know that you're stupid? It's less. It's less stupid of you right. to be to have self awareness for sure. That's why I always think it would be kind of relaxing to be a fundamentally really moronic human being. It'd be fantastic yeah. to not have a clue, <laughs> just not know or think anything about like anything, just and not worry. No self reflexivity at all. None. It'd be the best. It would be the it, best. You'd be like ninety nine percent of the population. Yeah. I actually no, that's that's sounding very no, snobby too. No, that's so not true. Is it good to be aware that you're being a snob? <laughs> Any version of self awareness is kind mm. of useful. But stupid it's it can get you down, but it's at least if you know it. But then you become self deprecating to a point where people get annoyed. I know someone that's short. Oh my god, you've told me this you've yeah. told everybody this Have I? on this podcast oh. three or four times. I now. Can, well, because I, I can't stop thinking about it. Because he's and he short keeps to, and he keeps like, referring to himself as short. Before, and it means you didn't that say you hello. Think of him as that short guy. Yeah. Yeah. And I never thought he was short until well, he no, kept telling thing, me how short he was. That's why you project. That's why there are all those tricks like, you know, in a in a meeting, mm. you should always um, ask lots of questions or say something like, uh, yeah, I'm interested in, um, further, in, in, in further examining this if uh, maybe we could talk about it afterwards or something. Mm. There, there are all these things that you can do that are kind of tricks 
to um, convince everybody else in the meeting that you are the smartest dude in the whole town, in the whole meeting I town. I need these tricks. But that's the, that's the, that's them. Like they're so fun. They really demonstrate how kind of like gullible socially human mm. beings are. You know, there's a thing called social engineering mm. and that social engineering basically, you know, is like making somebody else like believe something or putting somebody enabling, bringing somebody, bringing the horse to the water basically. Mm. And then the next step, natural step is for them to drink. So, but it's used a lot in scamming. So things like. That's cocaine in the soap. Huh? Oh, you don't have television. You hear about the 91-year-old man oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. for some reason thought it was okay to yeah. accept uh, 25 kilos of soap exactly. to take back from India? Totally. Do you know what? they believe, uh, People believe, want to believe, people mm. are so desperate to belong mm. that they want to believe so many things about how they're part of a group or they've been included in this or somebody in, in online is in love with them and wants them to pay for them to come out from another country and then suddenly they don't, you know. It's boiled down to not being self-aware and not being engaged with the world because if anyone, I mean, so many people still fall for these obvious scams. Yeah. So is that is that payoff for not uh, participating in society with a, with a uh, curious mm. eye and a, in, an interest in what happens? No, I don't really think so because I think there are some people, so I've told this story to, before I'm sure on this podcast at some mm. point. But we, you know, in the law, my law talking job, one of the things we used to do was do kind of community education stuff mm. in like different areas in Victoria, right? And we went to this one area and we did scams for elderly people. And we got all of these elderly people along from the local program group and the local CWA. <laughs> we didn't scam them. Um, but mind you, they were all amazing, like offering to cook cakes for the catering and stuff. Right. Anyway, they all turned up. Yeah. They all turned up and we were talking and, and the session went on and I was thinking, I wonder how many of these people, you know, this really affects. And at the end, they said, put your hand up if you've ever been scammed. People, whole lot, most of the room. What do they call scamming most that? Paying, room, you know, 25 cents more for a potato? No, right. no, no, no. We're talking hundreds and thousands of dollars for things like cruises that didn't exist. Uh-huh. Like you'd be surprised. It, it happens a lot, right? All of these people, nearly all of them, put their hands up. Or have you known somebody? And all the other hands yeah. went up. It was my wife, you know, whatever. Mm. Excellent. Leave your hand up mm. if you've been scammed more than once. People left their hands up. Leave your hand up if you've been scammed. It got to the point of leave your hand up if you have been scammed more than five times. And there were a couple of dudes, old men, with their mm. hands up. And they said, now, see, that demonstrates that what you are not doing is listening to the broader message here, which is that if it comes, if there's somebody nice on the phone who's being really lovely and they're saying that you need to hand them some money, Mm. you need to put down the phone and think, you know, think about it later and look look into the legitimacy of it. But that actually what it is, is it's the social side of things. People, there's somebody really nice on the phone. Nobody rings them anymore. They don't hear from their families. This is Increasingly, if you talk to people who work in old people's homes, they say there are, there are people there who have just never been visited by family members. Right. They reckon it's a generational thing. Like the kids just have, they're off. They're not involved, right? Yeah. 
Somebody nice rings on the phone, develops a bit of a relationship, doesn't push too hard, rings again, rings again, bang, there it is. You know what I mean? Yeah. They establish the trust. Mm. So, I don't think... So, that's how I do it. That <laughs> I wondered why your <laughs> eyes were glazing over in that particular winsome way that you have. <laughs> no, but so my point, is, my point is that I don't think you can blame the people because I think it is just human nature, but it is... Every time it is demonstrated to me in that social engineering type way, I think, God, we're simple creatures, aren't we? Mm. I mean, it's no wonder politicians get away with what they get away with. What? Oh, that's, that's a different argument altogether. Surely. Mm. I mean, are you, or are you saying that politicians are just a, a whole crew of con men and women? Yes. Oh. <laughs> is that okay? Yes. Yeah, good. Fantastic. Okay, that's a good conclusion. Very, well, it's a great political <laughs> argument. Look, I was a sophisticated political analyst if ever you've met one, Stu Farrell. Stupid. Stu. Yep. Um, I discovered something the other day that I thought might annoy you and gratify me in equal measure, and it was in my (laughs) phone. Okay. So here we go for what's in your phone. That is annoying, you're right. Yep, thought I'd just try it on again one more time, see if I got uh, noticed. Um, so <laughs> the... By him, Molly Meldrum. <laughs> no, by you over there with you getting distracted doing other things. Listen, yeah. the driving force behind changes in language are, are, are disruptors, right? People who can ch- who change existing words and invent new ones. Right. Mm-hmm. Change existing words and invent yours, like hilaire. Hilaire. Right. Right? Uh, and it turns out the most active language disruptors are and have been throughout history mm-hmm. the same demographic. Can you guess what that de- demographic might be? Women 35 to 45. Uh, white and uh, young, Young women. Hmm. Teenage girls, actually. Teenage yeah, girls. because they can't speak proper English. No. Don't, don't you do this. Don't you do what, the, no, ev- what society does to teenage girls all the time. Mocketh ye not, my friend. Uh, game because changer. we have... <laughs> that's it. Game changer. Everyone's going to be saying mocketh yeah, now. Mocketh me not. <laughs> um, that young women, from replacing ye with you to creating words like selfie... Um, with the rest of the population catching up a generation or so later. I would argue that uh, Revolutionary. American Afri- or African-American males and females to a degree would have to have had the biggest influence on bending language uh, in the last 20 years. Sure lie. English language. English language. Um, well, uh, apparently you're wrong according to mm, this article, but... Sure. You yeah, go where's you the article develop the theory. Well done. No, no, no. Written it's by Ozzy Ostrich. Linguists are right. doing all this work. Um, and there's an article Linguist. on a, something called Quartz. This is all reported in a thing with a name that you will hate um, called A Mighty Girl, which is a. Oh, I, hate that. I don't know, because he uses the word mighty. I kind of hate it too. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's not. I don't hate it. I mm. just. It's just like. It's a slightly. What's the word? You know. Um, What's her name? Enid Blyton-esque way of describing. Mm. Don't you think somebody being mighty? My New Zealand grandfather, who was more British than British, used to say, oh, that's mighty. That's good. And And it it sounded so Enid Blyton-esque. So there's something about about the concept of mighty that that throws me slightly. But anyway, 
Um, so yeah, that is uh, in. Then, in fact, there's a big list on the Mighty Girl um, Facebook page of the things that reference this. And the fact that it is incontrovertible proof and Stuart Farrell can't argue with it. So there you go. Well, a hundred linguists can't be wrong. (laughs) As they say (laughs) in the uh, underground. That's right. In the hip-hop scene. (laughs) Well, it's been a stupid Monday. We should. It's been incredibly stupid. We had things we wanted to talk about we didn't get to. We didn't go anywhere near it. And we we are, and again, I'm sorry, and I'll I'll say it this time. Mm. Uh, next few mornings are going to be a bit short again. That's why we're we're not doing. Um, why we're early. That's why. That's the only reason we're not doing sponsors too, isn't it? Steve? Tell me about it. Yes, I have been on the blower and uh, well, the internet uh, telephone. Yeah. And <laughs> <laughs> what was that? Oh, that was. That's all right. That was me displaying. Wow. Uh, if anybody heard that, it did sound remarkably flatulent, but it was not. No, it no, it was, was elbow on wood. Elbow on wood. Yeah. Yeah, Great the cl- album. The classic. Yeah. <laughs> um, hey, if you want to find us, we're stupidlybig.com. You can contact us on the website, on Twitter, on Facebook. You can leave us a voicemail. We love you guys leaving voicemails. You're the best. Mm-hmm. And uh, you can also give us a rating or a review on iTunes, which is a phenomenal boon for us. What a boon. And P.O. Box 1436 Fitzroy North 3068 will get Stuart Farrell to the mailbox at some point before Christmas. Or tomorrow, I think. Ah, nice. Yeah, nice Tuesday morning jaunt to the uh, phone phone box, mailbox. (laughs) The internet phone box? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Lauren Clark, I'll see you tomorrow. See you tomorrow, Faz. Bye-bye.